I didn't look up any classic language change things. Ha. Huh. Nah, that's, that's all right. Okay. We've had a, a, a long run here of originals. Mm, we have. Like a solid month of originals. I'm tired now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. I, that was the last couple of squeaky drops I could get out of my brain mm-hmm. tissue. So, so my mother follows our Instagram. I don't know why. Oh, God. I don't know why. And she texts me the other day and says, what's a thigh all? <laughs> nice. Yes. Uh, it was funny. It was very funny. <laughs> well, I told you. Just the only, you know, our mothers. Mm-hmm. And by our mothers, I mean your mother, because my mom don't listen to this. So <laughs> I don't think my mother does either. But what is a thigh all? Was, I, I, yeah. I don't know why yeah. she was... I think the thing that surprised me the most was not that she didn't know, but that she was asking at all. Right. Like, what? what why are you asking? Do, do you actually care? Why are you asking? She's, in, she's engaging with you she on is. a topic that you're passionate I, about. That's impressive. I, I guess. I guess that's what that was. It, yeah. It was, uh, it was amusing. It was amusing. It wasn't the usual, you know, hey, I can't get the volume on my phone to work kind of thing. Mm-hmm. She's, she's, mm-hmm. Not, she's not so bad with that stuff. Oh, boy. So, classics. This was a yes. fun one. This was a fun one. This was the, if money and time were no object, what would your fantasy hop yard look like? <laughs> remember that? I do remember that one. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, this is worth a listen to because it's surprising where you and I both went early okay. in it. And I'll, I'll just spoil it a little, even though it's, you know, you're going to hear the actual episode in a couple of minutes. But, <laughs> you know, you went right to storage space. Yep. Oh, man. Absolutely. Uh, and we, we really, it, this was not about, I want more acres and I want, you know, plants up to the sky like Jack and the Beanstalk. It was, it was very much, okay, here are the pain points we're exhibiting. And if these things were not pain points, imagine what the hop yard would be like. I'm still, I still stand behind storage Mm -hmm. (laughs) and cold storage, both. Yep. Absolutely. Easy hands down. What was yours? Yours is probably something of like, I don't know, marketing personnel. It it was, it was personnel. My, my very first one was employees and a business structure, uh, you know, folks, folks to run the books, uh, marketing people, sales, you know, having the right infrastructure so that people could work on what they were good at. And what they wanted mm-hmm. to do, and not the things that have to be done to keep the lights on. So yeah, mine was yours was fantasy in the yard. Mine was fantasy in the office. <laughs> hey, wait a minute! That's a wholly different podcast. So does anyone ever look around at their own hop yard and say, this is exactly what I envisioned and I always wanted? Uh, I think they're lying to themselves when they say yeah. this is this is the dream. Probably what they post on Facebook is is their their ideal situation. So everyone thinks they have what they That's exactly it's, it's what it is. It's kind of life. Yeah, it's like, you know, in the golden hour when the light's just right and, you know, the, the downy's not too bad. And, oh, this plant looks great. I'm going to take a picture of that. And perception is reality. So my whole yard must mm-hmm. look like this. And behind me, it's uh, it's a wasteland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> so... What I thought might be fun today, James, is to talk about if money was no object and time was no object, what's what's the ideal 
hop yard that, that you or I would envision having. Mm-hmm. Okay. If we wanted to just, you know, what what, what do we want um, with no barriers in the way? Oh, man. Does that include me having, being able to sell a massively successful hop yard and not have to do it anymore? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. If that's the if that's the end game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so there's some caveats here. So, obviously, if if you were you know Jeff Bezos, then why are you growing hops in the first place? But uh, let's think about it like this: if you say money's no object, let's just say that you you have to grow hops, so you're going to be in the hop business. What does it look like? Right? What in your mind's eye? What does it look like? Mm-hmm. Okay where do we start let's let's see for me one of the first things if if i was going to be like in the hop business be a professional you know grower i would say from a from a operation standpoint i would have basically as much dedicated indoor building space as i wanted for different things so none of my indoor building space would have to serve dual purposes i would have a harvest building i would have a drying building i would have a dedicated machine shop I would have vehicle storage you know what I mean so yeah because I, I was always f- fighting for indoor space and it was always serving two and three and four functions and when you do that it doesn't do any of those well so first thing off the bat for me indoor space and not just you know hoop houses and tension fabric buildings but proper indoor climate controlled where necessary space I find it so interesting that with all the things that you know, on a wish list you could go to, that's the first thing you went to. It's clearly a pain point that you live through. Buildings are expensive, and mm-hmm. the land that you put buildings on is expensive. Everything about putting up a building is spendy because you're not – you say, I, I need more space. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm tired of keeping my implements outside. I, I need to my tractor outside. It needs indoor space. Okay. I'm going to put up a cheapest building I can, but that it never stops there. So as soon as the building's up, you're like, oh, I can deal with a gravel, you know, gravel pad in there. I don't need concrete. And you're like, this sucks. I need concrete in here. So then you put concrete in and then you're like, well, now that I have concrete in here, I might as well turn this into, you know, a workshop, but it's not heated. So I can't use it all. It just keeps going and going and going. And it's it's like, if you need a building, define what you need and do it and then you look at the price tag and you're like oh balls yikes so for me that'd be the first thing i need buildings Hmm. you need buildings yep interesting absolutely interesting and for me the first thing is structuring to no surprise is structuring the business (laughs) and understanding the roles and all that because to me one of the biggest pain points was always I got to do this, but no, this has to get done. But no, you know, I've got to go sell, but I have to deal with the field, but I've got stuff I need to order. And now this is broken and I have to be a mechanic. And the idea of building out exactly who my my staffing is and having the luxury, but really the necessity of, for example, a pure business manager who's dealing with the books and the accountants and the lawyers and, and all that kind of stuff a pure marketing and web and outreach person who's dealing with community and that type of thing. Um, The the things that, as a pure hop grower who is a a farmer first and last, you don't have the time or the inclination to have to deal with, but is 
dare I say, critical for keeping a business running. Right. Yeah, I would. I, I like that idea. Um, as that guy that you were talking about that wears all those hats, that was me. And mm-hmm. if I look at the business side, I would have to agree and say I would have subject matter experts to allow me to to focus on what I well, frankly, as the business owner, want to do <laughs> and and fill maybe not so much of all those other roles. Yeah, I would mm-hmm. have had a marketing, sales, web, outreach, whoever. I would have had a sales force. I would have had a um, at least a person doing that uh, and then use me as, you know, if you want to drag me out for the dog and pony show, that's great. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to farm because that's what I like yep. to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, you know, first and foremost, it's interesting you say that. It's it's what what I like to do. This is our ideal situation. Mm-hmm. We should get to do the jobs we want to be doing, yep. not the jobs we feel that we have to be doing. Yep. What one part of it too that, you know, we we recorded a couple of weeks ago. It'll probably post before this one about a a study that we were part of, uh, um, testing hop varieties and testing different um, uh, different temperatures for drying. And I had the thought as well that wouldn't it be amazing to have um, a full-time researcher and part of that, as well as that, a percentage of the field that was pure um, experimental, which I know that we had when we had the Gorse Valley fields, uh, so that you were always doing some sort of grant studies and trying to push the envelope, assuming that regular production runs smoothly and assuming sales run smoothly have a portion of the business dedicated to moving the needle yeah that would be cool say all right researcher or whatever innovation staff you've got uh go out there and trial new varieties breed uh try new whatever it is going to happen to be go after grant money to help fund and offset the cost of that staff and be involved in in uh, advancing the knowledge base. That would be cool. I would certainly be involved with that. That's a good idea. Yeah, I, I, I again with an ideal situation, I I feel like that would be um, that would be the piece that year after year after year would keep me interested in, in being part of it beyond the whole. Okay, we got our crop. It's all going smoothly. We're selling it. You know, profit line's good. That that would be the the variable piece, which I think would be very fascinating to be part of. Yeah, I like that. I would say too, back on the farming side, I would have, I wouldn't have to make any compromises on the equipment I needed to do my job, to do the farming side. So I would have, we talked about the tractor being the workhorse of the farm, earlier, and that's great. But when you're constantly needing to reconfigure the tractor to do the next thing. It's like we talked about using the tractor as a as a tool for weeding, have, having this uh, weed badger or whatever rotary hoe attached to it to do weeding. You know you're going to have to cultivate all the time, so why not have a tractor with that piece implement on it just sitting there? Because as soon as you take it off, you know you're going to have to put it back on again, and that takes time, and that's just inefficient. So I would have dedicated tractors for certain implements. I'd have a sprayer tractor that's outfitted and sized to do its job and then i'd have one that has a rotary hoe on it and i'd have another one that you know whatever i happen to need um or you know what i wouldn't even have a loader 
on my tractor. I would have small skid steer bobcat type things that were loaders or a telehandler or something like that. Um, that would, boy, that would make me happy. I'm picturing Jay Leno's garage, but it's all farm equipment instead. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it looks like. Um, you know, proper harvest wagons and just things like that. Proper harvest wagons sounds like a great name for a like a bluegrass band. Mm. Nice, yeah. I'll get my jug tuned up. Didn't mean to derail you with my, my musical you're, 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 Yeah, um, now I'm thinking about jug band. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> proper harvest wagon, yeah. But yeah, that's um, yeah, having all the right equipment, and of course, from a when you have all the right equipment, you know, I mentioned staff earlier, but at least one full time, just pure mechanic. Oh, totally. Because we always talk about how you have to be somewhat mechanical because everything breaks, all of it breaks. But but to know that, and I guess the question is, do you do you actually need a full time mechanic? The same with the researcher. Do you need a full time scientific person? And this is where you start going down the rabbit hole of, well, I can just do that part of the job. Yeah, no, 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 that's that's not part of the boundaries here. I'm I'm seeing myself with five, six, seven hundred acres in my head, right? And mm-hmm. at that point, I have a staff. I've got not only I would have a full time mechanic, I'd also have a full time fabricator, because a mechanic is keeping the vehicles and equipment up and running. A fabricator is the one fixing broken things when the mechanic says this piece is broken or I need a bracket here or we don't we can't buy this thing so we need to make it and and then and they've got the machine shop to do exactly it right yep so then they go to the machine shop they're like all right I'll make this give me a couple of days so then boom there you go that's the thing you needed so if you're talking that level of acreage yep one of the things I've got on my list here is that that's not all hops oh sure and, you know, botanicals is something we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. And the idea of being, you know, service to the beer industry doesn't mean you're only growing hops. Right. That's a good idea. Yeah, you could have other botanicals out there. You could be, you could not even be using that acreage for the brewing industry. Or maybe, maybe you've also got grapes. Maybe you've got apples for cider or whatever. But I think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Diversify. Now, out of curiosity, because I know where I land on this, would you want to go down the path of a farm brewery no. where you're also brewing? Nope. Because I have no interest in it. I just, I, I don't want to do that. That's just, I don't know. I agree and I don't agree. So on the one hand, I, when I close my eyes and think about, about this new world you and I have, have invented that we live in, mm-hmm. sounds great. It is awesome. Um, I would prefer stopping in at all the places where I've got brewers who are experts who are putting, you know, my ingredients into their beer and be schmoozing with them and trying everyone else's beers. It's to a large degree why I haven't homebrewed in ages because there's just so much good stuff out there to try instead of making 50 bottles of, of one thing myself. I'd rather go try other people's stuff. At the same time, from that scientific process... I would love to have a little pilot system where we're making a pale ale and it's going to be the same pale ale six times, once with my Cascade, once with my Centennial, da 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 for folks who are coming out to check out the hops to try and say, this is, this is the flavor profile difference that you're seeing here on my little test batch. So I'd love to have a little science piece of it going on, but, but I don't know that I would want a full-on brewery 
um, to your point. Yeah, I think that would be, for me, that would be the little pilot scale brewery would be part of the lab that the science people are using so they could test their new varieties and see how that works. And I mean, you can get, if, if you've got that kind of operation, you're going to have people that are applying that have brewing skills. So, you know, you could, you could also be looking for somebody who's had experience in a brewery to hire on as part of that staff to do quality work along your research routes, but that would be cool to do. The thing, the reason I'm turned off by that is because at least around here where I am, every <laughs> farm brewery that crops up is created because the person who's growing the hops can't sell them. So their, oh, interesting. their next logical step in their minds is, well, I'm just going to create a brewery instead of saying, wow, I got to get out of this industry. So now that person creates two businesses <laughs> <laughs> that, one of which is not doing well exactly so it's like so you 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 mean to tell me your first thought after you've invested tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars into your small-scale hop yard is to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars in a brewery just to consume the output of what you spent fifty thousand dollars on that makes no damn sense to me and I would also wonder, the pessimist in me, at what point your dedication to the brewery customer outweighs your dedication to your field. And we know what happens when you ignore your field for more than about three minutes at a time. Right. So is it all goes to hell. So you're, you did, you created a brewery to consume the hops, but now you have to hire people to grow the hops to provide you your brewery. What the hell are you thinking? But, you know, that's just me. So we haven't talked... We haven't talked about farm breweries in the past on the show. If you are a farm brewery and you're listening and you're going, they don't know what they're talking about. That's not why I did it. Please let us know. That's a topic that we really haven't gone through. Oh, yeah. Clearly, James has an opinion. Yeah, but that's you could have said that about anything. (laughs) James has an opinion on everything. We could talk about the color blue for the next 45 minutes Mm -hmm. and you'd piss someone off. Oh, of course. Yep. That's my job. (laughs) So back to the back to the hop yard. I would say if this was my dream hop yard, I would and some of our friends listening to the podcast are in this position, like in Australia and New Zealand. I would have no mildew issues. None. Okay. No the, downy the mildew, wand. no powdery mildew. So just like our friends like I said in Australia and New Zealand, they don't have that problem. They have no idea how lucky they are. They might think they do. <laughs> but you know, right there automatically, boom, that that cuts out massive, massive headaches in production. And so if this is my magic world, that's what I choose. Interesting. I, had, I hadn't thought about that side of things. I, I just assumed there'd be enough money to fix whatever the problem was. <laughs> yeah, well, if there's enough money to fix the problem and I don't have the problem in the first place, the rest of that money's mine. So <laughs> that, that is a good way of looking mm-hmm. at it. <laughs> hmm, so what else? What else would be in our perfect hop yard? How big? Well, let's go back. How big would you be? Would you be, would you be like the biggest fish in the small pond of your hometown, or would you be regional, or would you be national, or would you be international? I mean, how? What would your scale be? I would want to be on the small side of regional, and I say that because I feel like once you get beyond that, it is it is truly a business, and you're going to be competing more in price than you are in quality. That's just my, my fear. Mm-hmm. I would much rather be, you know what I would model it after is our, our friends at New Glarus. They are a, a 
big fish in their area. They are known for their quality and their their ethics and their standards, and they are not looking to push past those boundaries, and at least to my knowledge, and go farther than they are. They are are very content at being the best at what they do in the area in which they do it. And mm. I, I love that. That's a good idea. Of course, the entrepreneur in me can't resist market potential. <laughs> oh, so, you, you're, you're stroking the kitty cat. You're doing, going the whole Austin Powers route. So, uh, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. Blofeld, that's me. Yeah, I have to have some sort of... Uh, I'm not sure global actually would make me content. Can I say in, interstellar, maybe? <laughs> interstellar? Uh, yeah. Eh. We already used the word end game once. Do you need a gauntlet and fingers to snap <laughs> in order to... Well, I'm just thinking, you know, at that scale, now i got to hire henchmen and, you know, <laughs> an army of lawyers to deal with all the missing person issues. Um, <laughs> I just I love the henchmen. <laughs> Yeah, not, not employees. Henchmen. No, henchmen. Yes, henchmen. For any of my our <laughs> listeners out there that love to watch the Venture Brothers like I do, I, I don't know if I'd end up being a protagonist or costumed antagonist. I'm not sure. I'd certainly have some sort of uh, arch nemesis, I, I guarantee you. I, I, to me, that local side of it, and may, and it may just because, as you know, for me, where I live, it's only been the last year or two where I've had the ability to find some local places where I can hang out and people know me and I know them and there's that community feel. You've had that for a long time. I, I, I would love that atmosphere where I'm not having to jet settle over the place and it's just me and the gang that I know, but I'm still the leader in that, in that part of the business. I never thought I can have a jet. <laughs> oh, man. I lost him. I'm going, yeah, I've gone way down the rabbit hole now. I just had images of me getting off my private jet and having people sprinkle hop flowers on the ground as I walk through them, you know. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, eh, and then all the lupulin's going to get on your shoes, and we all know how that smells. But then I was, then I was thinking, this is all happening while you were talking. Then I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, but I could just throw my shoes away because I just have new ones waiting for me. So that's Well, like... <laughs> you can do that, or, or you have a dedicated lupulin scrubber. Oh, yeah. You know, following you around and is t- getting not only getting the lupulin off your shoes, but all, all the powder that's going to be all over your clothes. And well, I'd, um, I'd obviously you know. need to have a cobbler in the plane with me making shoes. Yeah, or at least resoling them. Uh huh. I like this new world. Wow! Wow! This was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, certainly megalomaniacal James. Yeah. All right. So back to the hop yard. Um, Oof. <laughs> You're never going to be in that hop yard. You're busy flying around the country getting shoes made. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's loving, loving wow. life. I would rather be, for the most part, I would rather be farming and making in the fabrication shop than in the business office dealing with that kind of baloney. So mm-hmm. that's what I would be doing in my ideal hop yard. I would be probably leading that research team the skunk works group and doing some of the farming activity and and making things and schmoozing i'm, I'm a good brewer schmoozer so mm-hmm. yes yes you are mm-hmm. i just i can't get the image out of my mind now that you're you're in the the lab there and you're tinkering but you've also got shoemaking equipment <laughs> as, as in addition to everything else that's right yep you need that now I know what you need for your birthday. Some, uh, it's, I don't know how you resole a shoe. Some cobbler's tools. Is. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
They're getting cobbler's tools. Cobbler's tools. Yep. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. What about, so, you know, you talked about the, the, the jet-setting side of it versus the being-on-the-field side of it. What about the outside looking in how how this company is being viewed? I mean, for myself, again, if I'm a more of a small regional player, and I brought up the scientific side of it before, I would love to be, quite honestly, what we always tried to do with Gorse Valley Hops, which was that we are the the scientific leader, the quality leader in the area where... You're going to pay more, but you're paying more for quality and partnership, and and that's appreciated as opposed to, eh, whatever. So it, it would be a, a, a science-y vibe, a, a quality vibe, probably less so than a uh, – certainly less so than a, than a bargain provider vibe. Oh, definitely wouldn't be a bargain provider, that's for sure. Uh, I, I – certainly a quality and – I'd be going after the technical expertise angle. I would absolutely not be the equivalent of a rock star brewer. I wouldn't want to be one of those. You see them all the time, these ego, the, these ego project growers, right? It's like, really? Get over yourself. Uh, where I'm not looking for notoriety. I don't want to be that guy that's, hey, I know all these great, you know, I know all these other rock star brewers and I'm going to hang with them and be part of their entourage because I'm a rock star grower. That just, that nauseates me. So I would certainly not go that route. I would go more of the techie angle and be not so damn serious. Why so serious? Uh, All the time. And, you know, have fun. Have fun doing what you're doing. I, I still love the idea that we've seen to not work the Intel Inside idea, which, for those who haven't heard me talk about it, you know, I'm looking at my laptop right now. It's a little sticker that says Intel whatever. They're the only company I know of where they have made their branding something that requires another manufacturer. Because you don't buy anything directly from Intel. You buy a laptop, and you look to see if it's got an Intel processor inside it because you feel that that's important to the quality of the end product. That's always what I would want to be. I would want people to look for our hops and I would want brewers to see that value and publicize it, which which again, we've talked about this part before. It's just not realistic. It doesn't happen. There's a lot going on lately with calling out the hot varieties of hops in your labeling and all that, but you and you'll see people say made with local Michigan hops for example, but you won't see made with hops from this farm. I did see something on Instagram just this week someone posting that they were very excited for the first time their farm name was mentioned on a beer bottle. And that was very cool because you don't see that happening much. But I I love that idea. I would want to strive to that point, even though, again, you and I in market have not seen that to work. I get where you're going, but the farm name on the beer bottle drives me crazy. Really? Yeah. Um, there's too much liability there for my for my taste. Because let's say, how, how, how are you going to handle the fact that there may be beer put out there that isn't accepted well in, in the marketplace and it's got your name plastered all over it? Uh, well, I'm only working with, with the best brewers. Yeah, That's part of my well, ideal situation. But here's the thing is why would the best brewer need to put your name on their bottle? Appreciation. Oh, yeah, right. 
Okay, uh, I, I see your point. I do see your point. <laughs> but this is your dream world, and here I am mm-hmm. shitting all over your dream world. So congratulations with that. I think you're wrong. <laughs> go, change your sho- go change your shoes. It'll put you in a better mood. Ah, that's right. It's time for new shoes. I got. I wore these once. Maybe one of those new buildings on on your ideal farm will be a, sh- a shoe store. Oh, nice. Yeah, a little cobbler shop right there in there. The yeah. farm. Mm-hmm. And I could go and get my tailors in there. Oh, we didn't even get into the clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm really not like that. But I do. I, in all seriousness, though, I I do see your point. You're right. There's a whole a whole issue there around. Um, uh, you use the word liability, and it's not really legal liability, but it's it's reputational liability. I'll say. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I just I've seen it. I've experienced so many instances where the grower thinks that's the end all beat all, and ultimately, what it ends up being is. You go and you, I'm very proud of them. I'm, and I'm extremely happy for them that they feel fulfilled by that. But at the end of the day, if the beer's no good, you're like, it's likely a one trick pony. So you're done. It happened. There was your 15, you want that to be your 15 minutes? Because it's going to lose its luster because nobody's going to care after a while. Because can you provide the next hot hop in the industry no you can't because you didn't you don't have patent rights to it so you're not going to be able to produce it so at that point you see where i'm going i just i don't yeah i do i do there's um because you can't control that final mile from your farm to the consumer's palate it's going through the brewery filter Mm -hmm. and if they deliver a subpar product and your name is on it you're associated with the issue fair it's a very fair point it's very but, fair point to to be balanced with as as you admitted. I mean that that glory of seeing your name on something mm-hmm. um, after after numerous times of not seeing your name on it and seeing Brewer X get all the credit for a great product and you're going yeah, but without my hops it wouldn't have been so good. So you want to share in that glory, but then yes, the the negative far outweighs the positive because once you've had something that you didn't like, I mentioned to you, I sent you a note yesterday about something. Where I had had a beer by a very very large regional brewer brewery, and I've never tried their stuff again, right? Because I just didn't enjoy the first one I had. It happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, nope, you you raise a fair point. Okay. Thanks. I, I I've, I'll take this. I feel... I'll take this one. <laughs> <laughs> now now you made me feel bad. I wish I had more comfortable shoes on. Uh, ease the pain. It would. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll I'll hook you up with my cobbler. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> you don't have one. <laughs> oh my okay so what let's see here i'm trying to think of um we, we met you know the, the the one other thing i think we you know we've talked about staff we've talked about acreage about buildings about reputation uh we, we spoke briefly about herb herbal items and and um botanicals and things like that but what about non farm products i mean w- would you want to be in the business of doing extracts and doing um i don't know tchotchkes and other like like you know stuff i would say that i think that goes along with with your who are who who are you if you're a small regional you know or i would say large regional hop grower do you really want to get in the extract business because is that your market i don't know it's not not my gig i wouldn't go there extracts seem like a way to use hops that really weren't good for anything else. 
Um, and I know there are brewers out there that are going to disagree with me, but I see right now in the industry, extract is the market or the angle, processing angle for people that have way too many hops that they can't sell like Cascade to get something out of that crop before it goes bad because extract will store in gas sealed cans for decades whereas hop pellets will not so I, I i just see that and think of the brewers using primarily extract they're massive brewers and it just you're in the commodity space again and so i think the quality angle's gone so extract is out for me i th- i would probably want to be in to have an an, an arm of the company that's doing supplies uh, to help bring in large, you know, container loads full of twine and stuff like that to to then resell to smaller growers just because at my scale I would have the, the space, the equipment, and the cash flow to be able to buy two and three containers because that's how they're shipped, right? Mm-hmm. I'd also like to, as part of that maybe R&D arm or fabrication arm, is see what we could come up with for tools that would help other growers and and do do a little bit of R&D and product development that would be fun so back to equipment that's interesting to see what else we, because there are as we've talked about a limited number of companies out there that are doing it at a at a wolf level and then there's everybody else right and I'm not saying I would get into making harvesters again because been there done that but I think that's inevitably where it would lead but maybe it's mm-hmm. not making harvesters. Maybe it's making the critical components that somebody would need to build their own harvester. Stuff that they wouldn't be able to do in their home shop or garage or something like that. And say, here you go. Here's a component. Knock yourself out. Or maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's some production tool for the field. Or maybe we've got a different angle on some sort of cultivating weeding implement. I don't know. If we're if we're completely in the the fantasy land science fiction world here. I'm just envisioning a, a big robotic exoskeleton. Um, <laughs> follow me here, like like Hugh Jackman in real steel, and oh. the, big, the big thing. <laughs> and he's walking through the hop yard and you are harvesting by waving your robot arms right over the vines and just collecting them that way in a big backpack. Okay, so we're going to go this route now. Oh yeah, why, why the hell not? Because I actually looked into, not that, but I was I did a, a gap analysis on it just in hop production in general and the the biggest gap i saw was in the constant spraying that we had to do hmm. and so i'm like you know what i can get freaking autonomous lawn mowing robots why can't i get an autonomous sprayer that's on a schedule that can go down the hop rows and you know I, and i was i was picturing like this this tank treaded thing with sort of like a, a, a mini little tractor that would pull behind it either an air blast sprayer or something like that or maybe it's a tower sprayer and it would navigate the rows and it would have a preset path and it would go back to its little garage whenever its level got low water level and fill itself up and then go out again that's what i want a Roomba sprayer a Roomba sprayer that the cat can ride on is uh, exactly. To well, think about it, and then you could program it to do it in the off hours. And I seriously looked at this. I looked at how would you do this? Would you bury a cable? Can't bury a cable for it to follow because you got a till, and you might, you know, damage mm-hmm. that. Would you? You can't paint a line on the ground because you know, 
it's the ground, you know, and then I was looking at optical solutions and, and tracking targets and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, huh. And I'm just like, why does this not exist? That is fascinating. That could be very, very interesting. So I would not only want one of those, but I would want to build stuff like that because that's the future of farming because labor is inconsistent and as, as humans that would free us up to do other things and a robot, a device could be more precise than we could. Yep. So that's what I would yep. do. Any, any repetitive action like that, that requires just getting it right and getting it consistent. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to have a person doing it. Right. Whew. And there's already technology out there that looks at, uh, that'll look at a plant in the visible spectrum and then in the infrared spectrum and compare those and where there are differences, those plants are under some sort of stress mm-hmm. that you can't see with your eyeballs. So what is that stress? And there was a really great article written uh, in Nature or Science, I don't remember, uh, five or six years ago about a, a research group in, I think, Austria that actually equipped a drone with two cameras they were slightly offset one was infrared one was visible and yeah they would fly down through an orchard through the rows and scan these trees and some computer algorithm would tell them which trees were stressed and then they go and look at it and they're like yep sure enough this tree's struggling with whatever and something that the human eye just misses all the time because you see the same thing over and over and over wow that's the future of farming that's where i want to be I just keep coming up with silly science fiction ridiculousness in my head, and I'm I'm picturing a satellite when it's time to harvest that just <laughs> laser beam shoots the the bine and the leaves and the sidearms dissolve, and you have a pile of hops pile sitting of right hops. there on the mound, just a pile of hops. That sounds more like biotechnology to me. Um, then you go over with your backpack, um, um, and you just vacuum them up, and boom, you're good to go. Why? Just let the robots do it. Oh yes, the robots. I forgot about the robots. Mm-hmm. So w- one one last piece. What about a- ancillary hop products? And you know we have our our unknowing sponsor, Mark at Mountain View Hops. Oh right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so got to give him a shout out yep. and get that bill out to him yep. one of these yep. days. So who who does other stuff? So is there a place for that? Is that kind of a side fun thing for? So to me, that's a at the scale we're talking about. Hop production for brewing is the main product, and that would be a fun side thing to get your name out there and your logo and get your fan base and all that. Depends on it depends on what you what you're after. You know, I can't. I mean, I'd love to look at waste streams and find uses for stuff because I'm tight and want to eke every penny out. But I mean, there's a reality of being at a certain scale and saying that takes more time than what it's worth. Uh, and so we're just not going to do it. But if you're, if that is your angle, then absolutely for me, eh, I don't know. It would probably fall pretty far down the list because I think I would be pretty occupied with the other stuff that I want to do, but that doesn't mean it's not worth doing. It's just not my bag. So I I love the, the buying Christmas wreaths that you've mentioned Mm -hmm. in the past. And I think maybe the, the, shoe shop during the winter could have a section for that. Oh, they could actually. Yeah. Um, I probably would get into taking whole binds with flowers and doing uh, preservation on them and then selling those because I know that if you get your recipe right for preservating, 
preservating preserving the the leaves and the flowers with different chemicals usually glycerol and some other stuff that they will stay green and pliable and supple for years even though they're quote dry and mm. there's a there's an old codger over in the UK that does that and he gets 3 400 dollars a plant for real preserved hops for you know beds and breakfasts and inns and pubs and things like that so if you could figure that out and really hammer that market i mean why harvest for freaking brewers at that point just have yeah. 10 acres of preserved plants at 500 bucks a plant and to hell with making beer but <laughs> you know there's that nice well, I think I think for me that's that's everything I would want. You just want staff and cash flow. <laughs> I want st- I want staff and cash flow. I, w- I want st- I want stability. Un- unicorns and rainbows, yep, right? Yep. Yep. You want and, and, sh- and a shoe store. I want robots in a shoe store. Yeah. Robots in a shoe store. This did not go exactly the direction I was thinking it would. <laughs> well, it's because I'm involved, so I always well, take the hard left. So. You could have asked me for a hundred random things that might come up during this conversation. Shoe store was not one of them. <laughs> Is that the name of this episode? Robots and shoe stores. <laughs> um, I was thinking unicorns and rainbows, but it, but it might be robots and shoe stores. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or robots and cobblers. Oh, cobblers. <laughs> awesome. But I'm still the leader. <laughs>